Hello and welcome back to Pastor Merritt's Old Testament Overview. Today we will be on Lesson 20. As we've done the last few lessons, we will bypass the review and continue with new material. So if you're following along in the outline, you'll be going to page 2 of the outline and we'll start with point 4.6. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1.9 as may or may not be necessary. Old Testament Overview, Lesson 20, on the top of page 2 with point 4.6. From the adultery of Babylon, the patriarch Abraham was separated by divine call. And with the same evil cult, the nation that sprang from him was in constant conflict. 4.7. Judah was polluted by it, and only by being sent into captivity to Babylon itself did Judah become cured of her fondness for adultery. 4.8. With the conversion of Constantine the Great and the birth of the Catholic Church, even Christianity suffered severe bouts with adultery. 4.8.1. The Groiler and Electronic Encyclopedia has the following to say of Constantine, the first Roman emperor to openly become a Christian and make church and the Roman state one and the same. Constantine the Great was the first Roman emperor to adopt Christianity. Constantine's military victory outside Rome on October 28, 312 AD, secured his new government. The arch commissioned by the Senate in Rome to mark his victory bears an inscription that attributes Constantine's success to the prompting of a deity. The Senate undoubtedly had a mind a pagan deity. The nature of Constantine's conversion to Christianity had long been a matter of dispute, primarily because the sources, all of them Christian, they offer conflicting testimony. The outlines of his religious development, however, are clear enough. Before 312, Constantine seems to have been a tolerant pagan, willing to accumulate heavenly patrons but not committed to any one deity. Between 312 and 324, however, he gradually adopted the Christian God as his protector and on several occasions granted special privileges to individual churches and bishops. 4.9 the Great Reformation of the 16th century brought a measure of deliverance and significant reform even within the Catholic Church itself. Point 5. Verse 11 and Kewa. Genesis chapter 10 verse 11. Out of that land went forth Ashur, and builded Nivea, and the city Rehoboth, and Kea. 5.1. Kea was so completely destroyed 
that its memory was lost to the ages and critics even denied its existence. 5.2. Then in 1845, Sir Austin Henry Layard discovered the ruins of the city, and from this began the development of our knowledge of the archaeology of this part of the world. 5.3. But it wasn't the discovery of Kea that proved the Bible. The Bible all along had been the proof of Kea's existence, even more than its rocks and stones. These shall pass away, but the world shall not pass away. That's from Matthew 24, verse 35, and it reads, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Point six, verse 25, In his days was the earth divided. Genesis chapter 10, verse 25. And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days was the earth divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. 6.1. Nimrod and his descendants were the first to attempt a united nations against God. It was the first of many attempts, all of which are doomed to failure and judgment. 6.2. God brought judgment upon the perfidious union and divided the earth so that nations, peoples, and languages came into being on the earth. The story will be detailed in Genesis chapter 11. Point 7. Verse 32. By these were the nations divided. Genesis chapter 10, verse 32. These are the families of the sons of Noah, after their generations, in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. 7.1 One of the foremost Oriental historians in modern times has said that this is the most important chapter in the Bible for the student of ancient history. 7.2 its accuracy is recognized by friend and foe alike. The earliest movements of history are recorded here. 7.3 Gomer has given us the Germanic peoples. Madai speaks of the Medes. Javan is another spelling for Ionia, Greece. 7.4 it is impossible to understand the movements of people in the rest of Genesis without referring to this chapter. This is authentic history. In fact, it is the beginning of human history. Now let's see what we can learn from chapter 11 of the book of Genesis. Point 1. Verse 1. One language and of one speech. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. 1.1. God has tested man under every conceivable condition and found him wanting. In our day, there are those who think that bettering man's environment will help him. They forget the environment of Eden. 1.2. Others think that education will save man, forgetting that knowledge was received in the fall 
and that conscience failed to keep man righteous. Still others think that something like the United Nations can enforce righteousness in the world. 1.3 But here in Babylon, those conditions existed and were a spur to blasphemous rebellion and not to righteousness. The Bible does not teach merely that man fell once in Eden, but that man always falls when confronted with fresh conditions that are calculated to reveal what he truly is. Point two, verses three and four. Let us, let us, let us build a tower. Genesis chapter 11, verse three and four. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. 2.1. The clue to every action is whether it proceeds from the will of man or from the will of God. 2.2. Put your hands out in front of you palms down as though to grasp something. That is the attitude of taking. Now turn your hands over, palms up. That is the attitude of receiving. 2.3. Perhaps the whole key to life's story lies in the fact in saying, let me, instead of, Lord, do it all. The terrible thing about the former prayer is that God lets man do what he wants to do. And then there comes failure and frustration. God's ways are pleasant and all his paths are peace. That's from Proverbs 3, verse 17, and it reads, The ways of doctrine are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. 2.4 The translators have obscured the sense of verse for by giving us the impression that men were attempting to build a tower that would reach all the way to heaven. They would have been fools to start it by the river when there were mountains in sight a few miles away. 2.4.1 The fact is the tower was a ziggurat on top of which was a zodiac by which the priest hoped to get knowledge from the stars. It was an open turning to Satan and the beginning of devil worship. This is why the Bible everywhere pronounces a curse on those who consult the sun, the moon, and the stars of heaven. Point three. Verse five, the Lord came down to see the city. Genesis chapter 11, verse five. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. 3.1. There are many indications in Scripture that the Lord is not always aware of all that goes on upon this earth, whether of good or ill, but that he is aware and vitally interested in all that takes place. Psalms chapter 34 verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous 
and his ears are open unto their cry. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. Proverbs 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. 3.2. Not a sparrow falls without his knowledge, and the very hairs of our head are numbered. That's from Matthew 10, verse 29 and 30. His eyes behold, his eyelids test, the children of men. From Psalms 11.4. Shall he not then come down to see the first city of rebellion? And so it reads, Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And in one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the hairs of your head are all numbered. Psalms chapter 11, verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try the children of men. Point four, verse six. Nothing will be restrained from them. Genesis chapter 11, verse six. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. 4.1 When men begin by running after Satan, they will end by wishing to dethrone God. They had started a city because they did not want to obey the command of God to replenish the earth, which would have meant separation from each other, and going to widely remote places. 4.2 Thus, they imagined that by binding themselves together, they would be able to organize and thus become strong enough to procure their own will. The imagination, which was only evil continually before the flood, is still with the human race. And they are imagining to replace God. Let us break his bands asunder, is the cry. Point five, verse seven, let us confound their language. Genesis chapter 11, verse seven, go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. 5.1, the Lord stopped the work on the city and the tower in the most unexpected manner. 5.2. When people standing around the tower might have anticipated difficulties through quarrels among themselves or by judgments from heaven, but a miracle in their brains and vocal cords would certainly never have occurred to them. 5.3. Thus God confounds the worldly imaginations of men. Afterwards, 
every time they opened their mouths to speak, there was a reminder of their disunity and failure. 5.4. The multiple earphones in the meetings of the United Nations are a testimony of the impiety of the fathers of the nations and the first act of God to despoil the first global union. 5.5. Tongues that were divided at Babel were given as a witness at Pentecost and will one day be united and blessed in Christ at his return. What a slap at our client nation to God that we seek approval of the united Babel and even let them house their house of horrors in our nation. Point six, verse eight. They left off to build the city. Genesis chapter 11, verse eight. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. 6.1. Those who go on their own way will always find frustration. There is no real peace except in the way of the Lord's direction. Most of us could testify that quite often the thing we sought became a bubble in our minds. 6.2. God has many ways to make bitter the things for which men give their lives, and he must always do it when something is prized beyond himself. Point seven. Verse nine. From thence did the Lord scatter them. Genesis chapter 11, verse 9. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. 7.1. God always has his way in the end. It is impossible that the eternal counsels of the Godhead should not be fulfilled. If a man wants to kick against the pricks, he may have success for a while and make a name for himself in the earth, but in the end he is brought either to judgment or to the Damascus Road. 7.2 It is either man's way, ending in disappointment and failure, or it is God's way not only ending in joy and triumph, but filled with joy and triumph. 7.3. God is sovereign, and his way shall be accomplished. Here, as always, there was mercy blended with judgment. It was judgment that scattered them through the earth, but it was mercy that accompanied them with full supplies of grace. 7.4. Now let's fast forward through the begettings, which is a relief to both you listening and myself speaking, of Shem to Abraham all the way to Genesis, chapter 11, verse 30, where we find Sarai mentioned. Point 8, verse 30, but Sarai was barren, she had no child. And that was the reading of Genesis, chapter 11, verse 30. 8.1. Here is the seed from which the next 11 chapters grow. God meant all this for good, and all the testings and the triumphs of the faith of Abraham and Sarah 
grew out of this. 8.2. God's plan and his purpose in the story of Hagar and Ishmael, the promise of Isaac, the command to offer him up, the divine deliverance, the work of providence in this family, the ultimate arrival of complete faith and the proving of God's promise are all bound up with the fact that Sarah had no child. And that brings us to the conclusion of Lesson 20 of Pastor Merritt's Old Testament Overview. Again, we thank you for listening. We encourage you to go to westbankbiblechurch.com and you can see more there and you can get the replay and the outlines there as well as much more. Before we finish, anyone without Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So long.